So this is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. My guest today is Albert Bellamy, uh, United States Marine, and the Marine that likes spreadsheets, as I recall from the LinkedIn profile here. So a good day to you, sir. Good day to you. It is actually the Marine who smiles at spreadsheets. Um, yeah, that is a, a line that got a laugh sometime during my transition when they drilled us over and over. Uh, give me your elevator speech. Okay, now do it again and again. And um, at one point, I came up with that off the cuff, I think, and it got a chuckle from the audience. Uh, so I stuck with it. And uh, it, uh, it precedes me now. I, I, I'm i sort of married to it. Hey, sometimes brilliance comes in unexpected ways, man. It's, this is true. This is true. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's almost weird to be now recording since we just had such a great conversation about everything else. But the thing that I liked, I, like I was mentioning, I saw you on commenting on one of Matt Quick's podcasts or posts. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing this LinkedIn hard mode. And, you know, I follow Frisella. So I was like, okay, um, I think I see what's going on. Just through the follow to see what what's going on here. And it was really awesome to me as somebody that helps veterans in transition to see somebody that is, as far as I could see, just crushing that part of it, but doing it with something that's very important, which is just that authenticity and, you know, not to throw in an officer joke, but not something you, you know, normally see unless you're a Lance Corporal authenticity, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was both. So yeah. I, I thought I saw that. I'm um, going back to, you did what? 23 years. I did. Yeah. And I, I was uh, nine enlisted. I, I really only contributed to the enlisted ranks for about seven years. It took me two years to get through the officer pipeline. So but yeah, technically uh, nine years enlisted and 14 years in officer. So right. definitely saw a lot of both sides of the coin there. Yeah. And that's, you know, we we're talking about when my transition, that's what my plan was until yep. Navy doctor changed my plan for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, the good thing is I wasn't salty about it for a decade or anything. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Picking up on your sarcasm. Yeah. Just a smidge. But, you know, honestly, for me, if my transition hadn't just been an absolute train wreck, like the people that I've helped, I wouldn't be able to help because I wouldn't be able to relate. So, yeah, like it set some things off, but, you know, it's just that's what it is. And that's what I liked about a lot of what I've seen uh, from you so far, Albert, is you go out of your way to help other people as well. And that's the reason I wanted to have you on is. Like, it seems like we have sympathetic leanings as far as helping our community grow and be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of funny, though. Um, you talk about being a data analyst, and one of the core tenets of that is you're always kind of looking for efficiency. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, while developing LinkedIn hard mode was about helping people, it was really about helping people in a more efficient manner. And so developing that was, it was for me to have a one-stop shop, almost yep. like a laminated pocket card that I could hand to people. And it's like, look, here's the, here's the 10 simplest things that I have to tell people over and over and over <laughs> about why they suck on LinkedIn uh, and why their content network sucks and nobody responds to them and, and just hand them that like like the Lance Corporal with the patrol order to keep in his cargo pocket. 
And it, it was a simplification measure for me to make my life easier while still helping people. It, it wound up kind of going the opposite direction. I've created more work for myself because it sort of succeeded beyond my wildest dreams. But yeah, really, I just drew it up as, okay, here, here are the rules of how to succeed on LinkedIn as far as I see them. Yeah. And after a while, when I when I wrote the thing up, I said, well, let's let's see if this works. And so I started out with a 30 day challenge. And so I figured, well, let's see if 30 day challenge works again. People love these things. So we made a 30 day challenge out of LinkedIn hard mode and it kind of took off. And then we we did another round of it and uh, thinking about kicking off a third round here in April. But uh, yeah, it's definitely not, it's not lessened my workload as far as helping people on LinkedIn. So it's, uh, it's definitely gone the other way. And I've had so many people like try to gamify the system. <clears throat> and one of the things that stood out to me is the authenticity. Like I was mentioning to one of my financial advisor friends who gets no engagement on any of the posts. And I'm no superhero in this regard, but like we were talking about LinkedIn news has picked up my post a handful of times in the last month and a half. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's, still don't know why, but some of that stuff is so, so unpredictable that, you know, if you try, it's like hitting home runs, man. If, if you're trying to do it, it's probably not going to happen. It's, it's when you just concentrate on the fundamentals that good things are going to happen for you. Yeah, so. And that, I think that's one of the big things because it's, they're, People in general, never mind algorithms and everything else, they're looking for good insight, but also authentic yeah. insight. Like yep. They don't need the inside the beltway stodgy. They want real talk, what's going on. Yeah. And you, know, you do a fantastic job with that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's social media, right? It's not, and, and everybody kind of bemoans the, not everybody, but there's just, wailing and gnashing of teeth about how social media has made us detach from each other. And what I see is there's a real hunger out there to close that gap and to have more genuine engagement. Obviously comments on a social media post are never going to replace a one-to-one -one conversation, especially face-to-face -face in real life. Mm -hmm. But you can get closer than scrolling through and being a like machine. You can get closer than, uh, you know, what people do on Instagram and, and TikTok where there, there's no conversation, there's no exchange. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what draws people to LinkedIn is we, we want an exchange. People want to connect and they want to feel like they're connecting with a real person expressing real emotion and, and have a give and take that's more intellectual than saying, you're great, you're great, I like you, I like you too. Uh, you know, let's let's think about what we're saying to each other. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Facebook circa 2007. Like the good mm -hmm. thing about Facebook before it- Before we all started screaming at each other and yeah. posting memes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, veteran of the meme war myself, um, I, I do, some people curate NFTs, I curate, dank memes it's fine but oh, like, some might argue that the memes had more value but uh anyway they're, they're more fun 
but that that's one of the things one of the parts that i've been working on is helping the veterans in transition and i know from our conversations that that's something that you're passionate about as well absolutely so analytically speaking if somebody does something like a linkedin hard mode how does that help their brand awareness assuming that they're you know they know who they are which that's a whole other part of the equation but like what have you seen as far as people being able to get in front of the right people so in in my experience i grew so much just in putting myself out there and what i think the the awakening moment was was realizing that there's very little voice out there for the person that is actually in transition and you can take that on the veteran level that veterans are generally afraid of talking through their transition in a public forum you can also take that on a data profession level data analytics data science developing data professionals are generally terrified to talk about anything other than being an expert mm -hmm. and, and there's just not there's not a voice out there for the people that are in transition professionally and, and the voices are all i've done it i've completed it let me tell you how to do it either on the veteran space or in the data space. And there's nobody out there raising their hand saying, I just made a mistake yesterday. Here's what I learned from it. Uh, I just learned step one of how to query a database in SQL. Here's what I know now. It's amazing how powerful that is because it's just, you don't see it out there. And just, that was the eureka moment for me, especially on the data side, was just coming out and saying, hey, I'm starting to learn these foundational level skills. Here are the platforms that I'm using. Sound off if you're using them too, or if you've used them and had good experiences, bad experiences, like, and just left it open. Anybody can get on there and, and I got responses for days on some of those posts and it was everybody. It was people that had, didn't have the guts to post on their own or, you know, or didn't, didn't know that was appropriate, but were just hopping on saying, Hey, I'm using that platform too. Or I never heard of that one. That's a great idea. Thanks for the tip. And, and people were like cutting and pasting and sharing the posts and they're like, Hey, look what this guy's doing. And I'm like, man, I literally started this process like a month ago. Yep. And then, there would be these people that like I listen to their podcast or their YouTube channels or, you know, I'd, like hero worship some of these people, you know, the, a non-data audience is not going to recognize these names. But, you know, Kenji, Alex Freeberg, Luke Bruce, who's a Navy veteran himself. But, you know, people with these great YouTube channels with 150, 200,000 subscribers and they were hopping on my post to tell me like, hey, great post. Like, th this is awesome. Yeah. Like, glad you're joining the community. <laughs> That's, you know, like kind of unbidden, 
people that that I looked up to were, were now talking to me and starting conversations with me. Um, and that was just super eye-opening for me. And that, you know, I, I learned not like, hey, this is not something to be abused. Like you don't want to go back to one well too often. You, you need to have a few different content themes. But that was just amazing that it was like, nobody's out here doing this. This is rare. Um, and, and so and so if it's rare and it's valuable, people are going to gravitate to it. And they did. Dude, it's so funny that you say that. Because if you listen to the first, say, 25 episodes, I basically run myself through the entire dumpster fire. Like <laughs> everything that didn't work right. Hey, yeah. you remember that time you didn't properly control a helicopter and, you know, bad things happened. Hey, do you remember, like, Hey, you're, you got a divorce. Here's why. Mm. Like just, and it's not for me. Like it was therapeutic for yeah. me to get that out, but just so somebody else that's in transition can realize that that's cool. Like other people have been there before. Like, hey, your transition didn't isn't going the way you feel and you're stressed and you go to substances. Hey, I've done that. Hey, I'm at the point where I don't think there's any chance and, you know, I'm contemplating a 40 cal right to the head. Hey, I've been there. Yeah. Like just to open up somebody's frame to know that the fight that they're in isn't their own. It's a massive difference. Yeah. And it's just funny how that also applies to being relatable in the world. People don't want the highlight reel anymore. We're seeing through the facade. Yeah. They want to see, hey, you know, like check out this table that I completely screwed up. You know, like, hey, I tried to do, I mean, going back to simple stuff, I tried to do a mail merge and yeah, all the names were one off. So Bob yeah. got called Fred and now everyone's mad at me. Good news is I only emailed a thousand people. <laughs> in there yeah nice <laughs> whoopsie ding dong but no that that's awesome and one of the things we also talked about was the military talent pipeline um, a lot of the work that i've been doing at prudential's veteran network is shifting the paradigm that they have of you need this certification at a four-year school to be able to do project management yeah i've got a book back there by jeff sutherland called scrum yeah. I've got another one called the 12 week year. And you know what that gave me more than I learned at UConn in the entrepreneurship Institute. Yeah. Like when, I, when I got my lean six certification, it was just to check the box Yeah, because you can get that information elsewhere. So like I've been trying to make the change at corporate America to one, let people know, like you're talking about data analytics. I mean, I'm in, annuity wholesaling what is that i didn't if my guidance counselor had told me that i would do that and make good money for the better part of a decade it wouldn't have it wouldn't have even been on the chart i wouldn't have even yeah. known what it was but that's why i guess we should probably talk a little bit about the talent pipeline because nobody in the marine corps unless they were very specific in a couple of fields does data analytics they think yeah. But I know for me, the air tasking order that I used to have to go through to see what jets are up, what's the ground order of battle, like that's data analytics. Yeah. 
and there's a ton of other fields like that. So what's the work that you're doing to bring awareness to that for folks? And what are the qualifications they need? Because it is a lucrative field to be in at many, many places because it's a big need even at these Fortune 100 companies. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a big need and it's um, it's weird, you know, as in ha having an economics degree it's from back in the Stone Age, but mm -hmm. um, it's a strange field that has a lot of friction uh, that there there's talent and there's a need and it it doesn't always line up perfectly. Mm -hmm. The thing that I'm finding I'm tasked with helping to develop the military talent pipeline at Analect, which was was not a thing previously for, for the reasons you stated. It's not a core skill that we train to in the military, particularly the Marine Corps, but even the other services, it's, you know, we call it ORSA, Operations Research and Systems Analysis. And it's the kind of specific task of field grade officers and occasionally senior staff NCOs, but it's not something that we don't train privates and lance corporals to do that stuff by name. But when I was a PFC, I was a maintenance manager. And what that involved was taking these paper forms. We still had carbon paper back then. And these paper forms for to record the maintenance that we were doing and these paper forms to record the supply requests that we sent off. Mm -hmm. And they each had numbered transactions. There was, I can't remember all of them now, but there was a four transaction to order parts. And there was a nine transaction to close the equipment repair order. And there was an eight transaction to like change the parts anyway. <laughs> but these numbers corresponded to some action. But if I told someone, the uninitiated, hey, we got to do a nine transaction. Well, what the hell is that? Well, I was the one that knew what a nine transaction was and a handful of the maintainers. But And then there were little codes. There were job codes. What, what job status the, the truck or the howitzer or the, the rifle was in. 25 was short parts, means we, we had parts on order. They weren't in yet. I don't know why I remember that. Probably remember that till the day I die, 25 short parts. But here's the thing, that that's code. And we would get these reports that were just reams of crap, just numbers and letters and, and stuff all over the place. And some of it was in English. I mean, you, it would say Humvee on there. Okay, I know that this equipment repair order is for a Humvee. Cool. Now, what are all these stream of numbers and letters there, Lance Corporal Bellamy? Translate it for me. Well, now you're standing in front of a stakeholder, battery commander, and you're reading this coded report and you're saying, well, sir, Humvee serial number 123456 is currently awaiting parts. This code here means that the left-handed smoke shifter is on back order at Blunt Island Command. And you're just translating codes and, and stuff that would otherwise be BS into English for a stakeholder to make a decision. Well, that's, that's data. And that's what I do for a living now, just in a totally different form and with some different languages. And they've done away with all those old reports and all the forms and all that. There aren't even physical forms anymore. It's all computerized. But that mindset 
exists throughout the military. Those skills, being able to take junk that's just meaningless and turn it into English, exists in air planning. It exists in maintenance. It exists in um, fire support. It exists in anybody that's used op terms and graphics and and published an op order or a platoon commander that's written his his platoon order on a tiny scrap of writing the rain paper using an endless stream of acronyms that would be utterly meaningless to anyone outside of ground combat arms. That right there shows an analytic mindset. And I interview people that apologize constantly for their lack of technical skills. And it, it makes me chuckle because I've been there. And I, I spent way too much time apologizing for my lack of tech skills as I transitioned into data. And what I tell them, and I told multiple people just today in doing interviews for SkillBridge, what I tell them is, A, don't apologize for your military service. You can't do anything about the fact that you spent 20 years in the Army or whatever. B, you are exactly where you need to be. And C, all I need from you is the love. So if you have a love for solving problems through some sort of technical means, you can be a data analyst or a data scientist. And from that level of wanting to do it, having the desire, and just having a, a critical mindset, an analytical thought process, from there, we'll get you the tech skills. And yeah, just be teachable. Yep. And at my company, there's there's a commitment to that. It starts with the Andrea Freeman, the lady that that recruited me, is uh, from a military family, and she and I started talking, and she eventually started recruiting me, and uh, you know, one thing led to another, and. I'm working for now and and trying to to continue that talent pipeline so that it's a kind of a a running continuous thing not just me and and one other dude so far yeah something that i've learned because i do some of the data as well and what i've seen in prudential financial the intent is there to recruit the enculturation training and follow through has been one of the harder parts. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with Charlie Lowry, he's the CEO and I was walking him through even my experience, you know, outside of the military running my own business and then coming into an entry level role, which is incongruous in a lot of ways, but then not understanding how you're supposed to get promoted. Yeah. Cause that was never a thing. Like you got promoted cause your cutting score is better or you got put up for a meritorious promotion. It's like helping them. And one of the things that we talked about is you want to take these military people on, like they might not have their SPSS certification or they might not be an expert in Tableau, but they've got critical thinking skills. And yeah. to use an, an analogy, like, 
it's like an elite utility infielder in a way. Like they're an athlete that you can shape to whatever the organization needs. Yeah. And they've got the resilience because we've dealt with worse than whatever corporate America is going to throw at us. You know, so that that's something that I've been helping them work through and with your organization. You know, that's the other thing is monitoring what the retention rates look like because in the uh, I've been a part of a group called Nalc East. It's the affinity leagues at all the major corporations. Mm-hmm. And one of even whether it's Bank of America, Johnson and John, a couple of the groups that I networked with, the retention past one year. I mean, the attrition rate is like what SEAL training attrition rate is. Yeah. Because we're a lot of the times the veteran isn't going to be somebody who's like, hey, you know, I I don't like how this goes. I don't feel comfortable with, you know, the environment or something that's going on. They just leave. And yeah. for the cost of Never mind the tax benefits of bringing veterans on. That is a thing. But like the cost of having to then go find somebody else, you know, the numbers make sense to put programs in place just to make sure that we're helping with that enculturation program. Just like you and I got, let's see, Ohio. So you went to the proper boot camp in Paris Island? I did, yes. Okay. So you understand. Yeah, on original, yes. Yeah, there, there's a process there. There's no baseball tickets. So... And the sharks will eat you, or the gators will get you if you uh, try to escape. So you, you can't just go hop a fence and be in sunny San Diego. Yeah, and I'll I'll put up um, any mountain. So my for my West Coast brothers, because my unit was split East Coast West Coast. Um, for all my brothers out there, you had hills, we had sand fleas. Yeah, you could. And you could uh, I, I ran up and down those hills for days with a flak jacket on, and my wife ran up and down those hills for days. She was not wearing a flak jacket, but because uh, she wasn't wearing. But um, yeah, absolutely. I I took many many pictures of my wife running up and down the Reaper, the microwave, the the Mount MF or whatever. You know what their silly names they put on. I was like, hey, look, there's a middle aged uh, mother of four uh, running up and down these awful hills. You guys bitched about. So, yeah, seems seems complicated. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so I I really love to address the um the, the attrition, mm-hmm. and I really because it's it's very resonant for me, and something I went through this week. Um, first of all, I think a lot of it is veterans kind of launch themselves headlong into the first thing that seems like a a safe and sure thing, and so it's like you see a lot of like I'm a project manager. Let me let me get project management. Or they go into, or even even Skillbridge, they go into Skillbridge and they're just like, let me grab that sure thing. Let me get that paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they realize six months in, like, I hate this. I devoted no time to figuring out if this was something I would actually enjoy. Yep. And now that I have the option, I'm out. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. But... Um, so I just got my first performance review. Uh-oh. And I will tell you, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't super favorable. And the there, there's a whole lot of kind of inside baseball, but my job title and the rubric of expectations that they have for a person who is a senior analyst, I was not meeting the mark in all areas. 
And so I had multiple categories that said needs improvement. That's a new feeling for me. I spent 23 years doing something that I was fairly familiar with after the first couple, because I definitely, as a Lance Corporal, <laughs> I certainly had some needs improvement areas. Probably you weren't that, you weren't that four, nine or four, eight, four, nine Marine. You're no, saying? no. I like to say I was a terrible Lance Corporal. I was a pretty good corporal and I was an amazing Sergeant, but I kind of had a Sergeant's arrogance as a Lance Corporal, which did not work out well for me. But uh, yeah, it's um, I I took some blows to the ego this week. That it didn't feel good, and I had to give myself a a little talk and just and I rationalized it. I looked at it and I just said, "Look, these areas where it says needs improvement." Six months ago, when I first worked my first day for Analect, I was at zero on some of these, like these were not general leadership and being on time for work and showing up with a fresh shave stuff that we're good at. Yeah. Not table stakes. Exactly. Um, it was things that after 23 years as a Marine, it's like, I'm learning something completely new. And so, yeah, I'm not currently at the level of a senior analyst, the way they expect a, a randomly selected person with that title to be. I'm getting there rapidly. But I think that that experience is probably pretty common, especially in places where you're not just rolling in being a, a rah-rah leader yep. or organizing a an Amazon Ops Center or something like that that comes very naturally to, let's say, a logistics officer or a chief that's rolling in there and, and doing somewhat similar to what they've been doing for 20 years. I'm not doing artillery anymore. I'm not barking orders to a battalion of Marines, nothing like that. And so I had to give myself some grace. I also had to give myself a, you know, a little boot in the ass yep. and say, all right, I'm improving, but there's more improvement required. And I don't know how many people mentally prepare themselves for that first amount of feedback and evaluation that says you're not where we need you to be for this job we've hired you for. I get fired, but it's not good enough yet. And I think if you can focus on the yet and focus on the opportunity ahead of you, you'd see more veterans sticking with those jobs, assuming they don't despise the work, which I love the work. So. Yeah. And that's where the passion side comes in. Like I, when I was reorganizing my cabinet behind the screen here, I saw one of my first evaluations from like 2014, like fresh into corporate. Yeah. And I saw that needs improvement. Yep. And like you write your own evaluation for how you did. And I wrote a paragraph on some of this stuff. Cause like I knew sales cold mm -hmm. and they're effective and I MF'd. I, I threw a couple of them, um, not in the meeting, but immediately afterwards. Yeah, yeah. To yourself in the stairwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like as I went to get a coffee and back over there, the three years following, I was wholesaler of the year. Awesome. Partially out of spite, partially out of personal growth. Yeah. Um, 
But you talked about failure earlier and you mentioned artillery and I've been waiting for this opportunity. Are you familiar with a system called AFATIDS? I, I am intimately familiar with said system, yes. So we're talking about failures. I was number one in my class for air schools. Um, my job was as the intermediary between the ground combat element and the air combat element and yeah. making sure that items from one don't impact the other. Artillery rounds... In the scheme of things, they're small, but when they hit a helicopter, they're very big. I was, you know, 98% on all my tests. I failed a FATIDS twice. So for anybody that knows how to use that system, I tip my cap to you. Because I bombed it and ended up third in my class. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not easy. No, it's like, what do you mean there's a... There's a fire mission. Where did that show up? Where's the notification? Oh, it, it was didn't. that map that was there and it disappeared. Dude, this is 21 years ago and I'm still, I yeah. still have nightmares about that. So, yeah, it hasn't improved that much. I will tell you that. Yeah. Well, and everyone goes like, oh, the new F 150 has a military grade bed. So it was made by the lowest yeah. bidder. Okay. Yeah, cool. exactly. Utterly unresponsive to the customer's needs or wants. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what military grade means. Yep. It's solid. Very solid. <laughs> so I'm going to get this episode out relatively soon because I know you're talking about potentially doing that cohort. Um, awesome. So that's going to be no pressure since you mentioned it. I'm going to post this early yeah. so that it's on the record for everybody. Beautiful. But where can people go to find out about what you're doing? Because like I said, you've done fantastic work and I look up to you just like I look up to Matt Quick as somebody that I can refer somebody to in confidence that they'll Thanks, make sure they get that. taken care of. Um, so how do they find you? How do they find out about what you have going on, my man? So I like to keep everything really conspicuous on my LinkedIn profile. If you just scroll down to the featured content, it's on there. I run LinkedIn hard mode. It, uh, we are developing a, like a company page basically on LinkedIn that I'm going to start putting out information about the challenge itself on there. So it's kind of decoupled from my personal profile a little bit. May work on an external web page as well to, to keep some stuff on there. But, um, yeah, we're planning on running what would be the third cohort of LinkedIn hard mode. We've got 450 followers of the hashtag currently. I think we have 75 people that have actually completed the challenge and probably 100 or so that tried and didn't quite make it. So, you know, many, many alumni, many people that are affiliated and, and kind of fans of, of the hashtag or the challenge, if you will. I'm planning to generate more content on that. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn. The original instructions are still on there in my featured content. You can go to my YouTube channel, just search my name, Al Bellamy. And there is some content on there. I plan to create more. And we're this April, the, the third cohort is going to be the biggest and baddest of them all, I think. That's really solid. And like I said, you're going to get all the video for this so we can share it with everybody. Um, it's just really cool to be able to provide veterans just the ability to get their name out there, get their brand out there. And then in the process, get to learn about 
one of the most important skill sets that every company in America needs from a small business to a multinational and to be able to impart that special culture that we have into their culture. So, dude, I appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, it's definitely in alignment with where I am. And I just wish you continued success, man. Thank you. Awesome, man. Likewise. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too.